San Francisco's Municipal Transportation Agency battles ransomware, and Australia continues to clean up after a massive online census fail. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Matthew Schwartz. We begin in California, where the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, better known as Muni, is vowing to not pay a 100 Bitcoin ransom, currently worth $73,000, that is being demanded by a cybercrime gang. The gang successfully infected 900 Muni workstations with a type of ransomware called HDD Cryptor, also known as Mamba. The ransomware encrypted the device's contents, booting to a black screen that read, You hacked? All data encrypted. The attack unfolded during the busy Thanksgiving holiday weekend and infected many, if not all, of Muni's payment kiosks. Since that would leave many riders unable to pay, Muni opted to open the fare gates, allowing people to ride the subway for free on November 25th and November 26th, losing what may have been half a million dollars a day in fare revenue. In the meantime, Muni's IT personnel worked overtime to scrub affected workstations and to restore them from backups. Seeking more information about the impetus for the attacks, I reached out to the attackers using an email address displayed on the lock screen. In response, the attackers tell me that they'll dump 30 gigabytes of data that they claim to have stolen, saying it contains databases filled with contract information, employee data, and customer details, unless Muni coughs up the ransom. But when I spoke with Muni about the attacks, spokesman Paul Rose told me, we never considered paying the ransom. Instead, Muni has been scrubbing and restoring systems as quickly as possible. According to news reports, by the evening of November 27th, more than 70% of Muni's payment kiosks were again operational. Rose also dismissed attackers' claims to have obtained sensitive information. He says that based on Muni's internal information and investigation, as well as incident responders at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, who Muni called in right after the attack, the attackers never had access to any critical files. Furthermore, while the attack did disrupt a timekeeping system used for logging workers' hours, Rose said that Muni had a fallback plan, manual time cards, which the agency will enter into its payroll timekeeping system once that has been restored. Now, there are multiple lessons to be learned from the Muni ransomware attack. For starters, never underestimate the power of a good disaster recovery plan. Muni notably had backups in place and was able to restore those backups. So unlike a lot of ransomware victims that we've been hearing about all year, including Hollywood Presbyterian Medical Center, Muni didn't even have to think twice about whether or not to pay the ransom. Another lesson, however, is that restoration won't be instantaneous. In Muni's case, the cleanup meant opening payment gates so that people could continue to use public transport on one of the busiest weekends of the year. Finally, as security expert Bruce Schneier has noted about this attack, it's a reminder that anything that's internet connected can, and it increasingly seems like it will be, hacked at some point. In Schneier's words, over the next couple of years, I believe we are going to see the downside of our headlong rush to put everything on the internet. Next, we turn to Jeremy Kirk, ISMG's Security and Technology Managing Editor, who reports for Australia on the country's online census project failures. IBM had a $9.6 million contract to administer Australia's online census this year. The ambitious project was designed to save money through technology. A determined calamitous after minor cyber attacks, resulting in diminished public confidence in large-scale IT projects. 
IBM is now settled with the government. Although the terms are confidential, Australia's Prime Minister says Big Blue will pay the full losses, which are estimated at more than $30 million. Australia had hoped to save $100 million by encouraging millions of people to complete an online census form rather than paper ones. The move was intended to reduce the number of field officers needed to knock on doors. But this year, four minor distributed denial-of-service attacks disrupted the census site on the evening of August 9th. That's when the Australian Bureau of Statistics encouraged millions of people to go online and simultaneously complete their census. When the website coughed, the ABS voluntarily took it offline for nearly two days. Officials at first suspected the attackers might be trying to steal personal data, concurrent with the DDoS attacks, but a later investigation found that suspicion to be incorrect. The census marked one of the most public government IT failures. It prompted two investigations, both of which released reports last week. The Prime Minister's cybersecurity advisor, Alastair McGibbon, didn't mince words when criticizing how IBM and its associated contractors prepared for the census. Despite having a library of incident management documents, McGibbon writes that they were impractical, poorly tested, and none outlined a comprehensive cyber incident response or communications plan. The technical failures of the census added to what was already a public relations nightmare for the ABS. The agency had implemented changes to the length of time it retained census data and new plans to use it, which infuriated privacy activists. Although the changes were put to a public consultation, criticism intensified as the census date drew closer, putting the ABS on the defensive. A Senate inquiry, which also released a report, concluded the ABS should let the public know sooner of changes to data handling processes. It did find that the ABS didn't act beyond its powers in terms of changes to how it handles data. The Senate recommended that privacy assessments be made public at least least a year before any future census is conducted. There will be plenty of time to prepare. The next census will be held in 2021, which will give the ABS and IT contractors plenty of time to reflect on this year's problems and hopefully avoid them. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Next up, we turn to my colleague, Varun Haran, who's making preparations for the Information Security Media Group Summit in New Delhi, happening on December 1st and December 2nd. Varun, what are some of the themes that you think jump out most for you for this event? What are some of the big pressing concerns facing India right now that are going to be dealt with at the summit? Right, Matt. So as you know, it's a Gov InfoSec Summit. So it's predominantly focused on the government security practitioner and IT practitioner. So what we're trying to do here that is different from the summits in this region is talk about the ground realities in the public sector and the government agencies and entities and the kind of cybersecurity challenges that they're facing in the current landscape. So as you rightly said, some of the topics that we're going to talk about at the summit over the two days is one is, of course, the nation state attacks that are happening and what are the Indian stakes, what are the Indian realities. And, you know, some of the speakers that we have, I think, should be the true focal point of this discussion because very unique to have this uh, mix of speakers that we have from the government and the ministries and all the top bureaucratic agencies that work with the government, all of whom are the who's who in cybersecurity. So these uh, people are going to come in and speak about the challenges India is facing and how, you know, share some of their insights and recommendations on how the practitioners can overcome these challenges. So the dark web, ransomware, some very prominent issues in the Indian landscape are going to be discussed there. We're going to discuss nation state attacks. We're going to discuss things like 
public sector and breach detection and response because as we know in this region detection and response has uh, taken a back seat uh, for a while because the focus still remains on perimeter centric you know a defense centric model of security so kind of uh, trying to bring that to the forefront then of course we have the need for breach response and a response mandate so we're going to be discussing the policy side of it the legalities of it and the need for it and of course this summit is also aimed at law enforcement and people in that line of work in the fraud prevention and detection line of works so that domain also is going to be covered quite extensively one of the things that jumped out to me varun is a lot of the topics slated to be discussed at the summit are the top concerns that we're seeing in many other regions around the world. Absolutely. You've got it right on the head. I think there are two parts to this. One is, of course, that the prevailing understanding that we are not yet vulnerable and that is something that needs to be addressed and, you know, dispelled. So, like you said, truly, we are facing a global attack landscape and it's the same whether it's in the United States or whether it's in India. So that is one mindset that we're trying to kind of change with the, some of the topics that we're trying to you know bring up in this summit at the same time the responses that you get here and the reaction that you get to this threat also has a cultural aspect there's a nuance to it with regards to how the government functions here the attitudes things like that so how does that real world dynamic fit into the current cybersecurity landscape we want to discuss that and then find solutions to some of these challenges wonderful thanks very much varun for that overview of what's coming up later this week at our Delhi Summit. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Catch you next time.